Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, I'm Paulo Ferreira, and you are listening to the London News Book. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the London is Blue podcast, a podcast made for the fans, by the fans, celebrating the only team that matters. Come on, you blues. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the first episode of the London is Blue podcast in 2017. Thankfully, we are still presented by World Soccer Shop, so head on over to www.worldsoccershop.com for the best Chelsea gear around. All right, can you believe we are halfway done with the Premier League marathon of a season already, Chelsea fans? I know I can't, but more importantly, Nick, are you keeping a steady pace to make it through to May? Are we are we talking about drinking or what, like, what pace, Brandon? <laughs> Oh, it's probably a little bit of both, right? You know, our Saturday morning uh, shenanigans out at the pub with all of our Chelsea and America chapters. But, you know, Dan, uh, we've now crossed into 2017, 19 matches gone. Um, Probably going to be an exciting second half to the season. You know, it's all about making sure that you do the right type of stretching so that Mm -hmm. when you get to those celebrations after a goal that, you know, you really, you know, that, that hamstring that might be kind of just, you know, season up a little bit. It's not an issue, you know, all about stretching in 2017 or calf, you know, calf muscle. You never know uh, who might have a strained calf. That'd be it weird. Didn't if look like it. It. Yeah. It didn't <laughs> look like it. When you celebrate so hard, like the Antonio Conte himself. Um, hey guys, last week uh, we said, if you left an iTunes review, uh, we would give you a shout out and not just we, but the powder keg himself. So let's go ahead and do that. Uh, Nick, who left a review? Uh, I got reviews from Brandon and Dan who apparently wanted shout outs, but I'm not going <laughs> to read those. Um, no, uh, for real, we, we really appreciate it. The, the comments have been fantastic and it's um, reassuring to see kind of all the, all the love uh, pretty fantastic. So Steve Bob, 1984, uh, Sal Padilla, Tim Penny, and Gino. Lots of sevens and threes in there. Seven, three, 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 three. So uh, many, many thanks. Please, if you uh, if you can, after this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we will do this next week, except that Dan 
will be the one to uh, to give you your plaudits. And even better, you're not going to have to wait a whole week as we are recording post-Tottenham. So before we get to that point, we have to cover the Stoke City match. You guys know how we do it. Premier League match at Stamford Bridge where our presenting sponsor was in attendance with some fans. Nick, how about that Insta story? Their, uh, their Insta story game was on point this weekend. Yeah, if you didn't see, World Soccer Shop was at the match, and what an incredible match to go to um, with XL Tours. They were kind of partnering up for a uh, for a tour of of some Premier League squads, and they got to go to the Chelsea match and get pictures with Diego Costa. Dan, I mean, what a hell of an event, huh? I, I just you know, you you see the grizzle on TV, and then you witness the the joy and splendor. I, I just I, I would wish for one ear flick. And, uh, you know, my 2017 would be made. Those are, those are vicious. And now he started, well, anyways. Diego, the flip-flop slapping. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the guy has, there's no, there's no subdued Diego. It's, we're going to play at level 10 at max and that's it. You get what you get. Um, in case you missed it, the score, I guess, sorry, it was this past Saturday. It was a great way to kick off your New Year's Eve party. Uh, score, Blues 4, Potters 2. Dan, we got lineups this time, and, um, well, what did it look like? Well, no uh, no pressing play on the pre-recording because fresh off of some suspensions or what I like to call extended holidays, perfectly planned right around Christmas time, mm-hmm. N'Golo Conte coming back into the side, partner next to Sex, uh, Sex Fabregas, because ultimately <laughs> Matic potentially heading to a suspension himself. So we wanted to avoid that in the midfield. But they had Alonso and Moses kind of on the sides of them. Diego Costa back on top, the focal point of the attack next to Eden Hazard. And then Pedro suspended in the prior game. So William subs in for him. And then we had the, the Stonewall of the three, uh, maybe less Stonewall this time, with Gary Cahill. We had Aspilicueta, we had Louise, and then we had Courtois on the back in the match. Well, you know, we knew that Pedro was going to be sitting. I think most people pretty felt pretty confident that we were going to be seeing uh, William come in. Um, you know, Nick, as we kick off through these goals, you know, as we start just right into this thing, getting into the, the thick of it right away, um, kind of surprising uh, to, to see that uh, Gary Cahill, was the first one to open up the uh, the scoring? Yeah, off a set piece. I mean, not not the most conventional way for Chelsea to score this year, but um, I mean, this is after a period of of Chelsea kind of building into the game, and uh, you know, kind of a great flat corner from Sesk, mm-hmm. and he really, uh, you know, there were two guys there, Alonso and Cahill, and Cahill got his his head on it and uh, just buried it into the corner, and this was after just a string of tremendous saves from uh, from Stokes' keeper to uh, to keep us out prior to that. And this is a keeper who is on loan from Derby because as a lot of you probably remember, Jack Butland, who is this big up-and-coming young English goalkeeper, is out with, a, I believe, a serious knee injury. So um, ankle. This, serious this, ankle. He, <laughs> this guy is like punching way above his weight, which is, is crazy to see, Dan. But, you know, I think that the headline that was stolen off of, um, you know, not necessarily the goal was actually the assist and the importance of that assist from Sesk. Yeah, you know, uh, 293 appearances to achieve 100 assists, uh, you know, for comparison, Giggs took 367, Rooney took 445, Lampard took 559. So, you know, Fabregas, you know, obviously has still has plenty of, of legs underneath him. You know, he is not obviously a pacey player. He's all about finesse and tactical skill. Uh, it's really kind of interesting to think about, you know, if he does slot in very regularly now, especially look towards next season, you know, qualifying for Champions League, FA Cup, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him to, to play a very integral role, and he could he could notch a lot more assists with the amount of games he plays, and the fact that he it, it just seems to come in in waves. You know, when he's in an assist machine, you know, it's it's like you're pulling the slots, and it's coming up sevens across each time. Yeah, you know, he's 
sitting at 100, Rooney's at 101 all time, Lampard's at 102, and Giggs is at 162. And you talk about how he goes in spurts. We remember when we won the league in 14-15, how he got off to a blistering pace, him and Diego Costa. And it kind of dried up in the second half of the season, but I don't want to open that Pandora's box with Nick, nor do I want to by saying that, you know, guys, when he went out, we really didn't have anyone to take corner kicks uh, the rest of the game. But, you know, just to kind of put it in perspective, uh, Fabregas now has 30 assists for Chelsea, uh, and that's essentially in two and a half seasons. The other 70 were over seven seasons at Arsenal, so he's been really consistent over the years. Maybe hashtag Chelsea legend, hashtag am I right Arsenal, hashtag suck it Arsenal. <laughs> How are you guys? Uh, hashtag hashtag your castaway is our legend. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of those things like we say it just to kind of like spite Arsenal fans because we know how much it, it, it just, you know, <laughs> grinds their gears about it. So, um, but Nick, right after that, the goal fest just kicked off a uh, 46 minute right after halftime. Uh, the worst time Conte, you'd expect to send the team out organized and ready to go. Shinding crouches offside headed pass to crush Chelsea's clean sheet streak. That's what I'm upset about. Yeah, I, this was uh, – our defense, normally solid, could not defend a cross in this game, uh, either from corner or from set piece or from uh, just open play. It was it was awful. Um, I think both Victor Moses and Marcus Alonso really struggled to close down some of that space. And then when the cross got in, it, you know, David Luiz and Gary Cahill both struggled to figure out where each other were going to be. Uh, this was, you know, it was it was kind of a messy goal. Uh, Bruno Martins Indy kind of shinned it, like you said, Brandon. But uh, you know, it was you know just kind of a slap goal and just a terrible time to give it up. I mean, I th- I thought for sure when Cahill headed, we went into halftime one nil. We we cruised four or five uh, goals because it just looked like we were building into the game that much. But um, that was not the case, Dan. Yeah, no, but it uh, you know, it started to get a little little wild though. Got a little frisky, you know, big big Willie style. So he was <laughs> he was ready to feast a little bit, you know. I mean, I think what's been really nice to see is you know Pedro goes out, William slots in, and look, William William's been slated a lot. I think by by some you know fans, not supporters, this season for you know his play. But obviously, you know when your parent passes away, like. <laughs> you're not the same type of person uh, and there's a lot of stuff to work through and credit to him to come out and just blast through a nice one with the, you know, Moses, you know, setting up hazard setting up William. That was a little fantastic one, two, three play that really just, it was nice to see. I think the inclusion of Moses in the goal, I think it has been a little quiet over the past you know few weeks where he's been doing the work on the side, but it hasn't necessarily contributed to either maybe a goal or assist. Well, it was it was nice for both of those players who I think struggled mightily in the first half to come out and have such mm-hmm. a tremendous second half. I mean, they really turned it on. Me me thinks that Antonio Conte probably got into both of them pretty uh, pretty hard at halftime. Uh, William came out on fire, uh, was challenging people, was dribbling through people. Uh, you know, got he got a lot of stick on Twitter. I I'm telling you it was Brandon. It was strange. I'm, I haven't seen players hate or players uh, fans hate on one player that much um, in a long time uh, for his first half performance, but uh, he certainly shut him up in the second half. Yeah. I mean, there's to me, there's no time for that. Obviously he's the one player that we're holding up mm-hmm. saying, look, he's made Antonio Conte look brilliant for this formation. He is literally the piece that makes it all work. Cause who else would be play there? Ivanovic, I think not. So, you know, uh, not interested in it again. Premier league is a long time. It is impossible to play at the top level of your max potential every single minute of every single match. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. sometimes fans just forget that and we have to be, and we're really hard. Uh, thankfully Antonio Conte's tactics really make up for that. Um, but yeah, don't overreact people. Uh, and players read that stuff and it's, it's not going to help. Um, so as we said, uh, William got the first goal in the 57 or the second goal in the 57 minute, uh, fantastic little layoff from Hazard in the box. And he somehow put it through about three Stoke players. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, then 64th minute old man crouch shocks everyone with a goal from his feet. Dan, I didn't even know, uh, that he was capable. 
of such. A I thought he was like ninety nine percent forehead and and two percent feet. Teeth? I, I really lots yeah, of teeth <laughs> in there. Whoa. Um. But it was uh, yeah, look, the guy likes to score against us. He really yeah. enjoys it. Uh, he has a lot of fun doing it, and it was just nice that we were able to quickly transition off that and get a little bit more uh, Brazilian action from our boy Big Willie, and got that really, really wicked fast counterattack going on. It was not even you know seconds later that we were getting ready to score. Yes. Yeah. My point about this really quick, Brandon, is that last year this team would have folded at this moment. Um, they instead turned on the gas and lit a match and went all the way down the field. And William shot, if you watch this five times, is from a you know an incredible angle um, and just roofed it. It was tremendous, Brandon. Yeah, 65th minute, um, William fired home, like you said. It was good to see, though, because a lot of times he tries pulling it across his body. Uh, this time just said going going straight power. Just gonna put my foot through it and um, absolutely shelved it. Like you said, had a tight angle, so didn't have a lot of room to shoot at. Uh, icing on the cake. 85th minute, Costa gets the goal that apparently Conte told him was coming all along. Did you see what Conte told Costa after the match, Nick? Or I'm sorry, allegedly said. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I believe the in, in Italian. Uh, he said, you motherfucker, you, I told you, you will score. And what did you do? Score. Again. I mean, that's perfect, dude. It is so, it is so perfect. Again, totally uncorroborated. That source has not been confirmed, but we think that it's the best one we've seen out there. So we thought we'd share it with you guys. <laughs> um, you know, Dan, I thought uh, Costa put a lot of work into this match and it would have been uh, a yeah. little bit hard to to not let him or not to see him get a goal that he I mean he earned. Well, he, he had that first chance opportunity in the, in the first half where he rifled the shot directly into the chest of uh, of Grant, and you're like, damn, like why? How how did he, a he deflect that off his body? How is it not bouncing in behind him? And there was another run in late in the second half where you thought like, okay, he's got a good angle on it, got a good beat, and just you know fired a little high this was the icing on the cake because he, he was like, you know, Nunez to Rousey. And he was like, you know, I'm just going to shake you off and you, you know, a hole defenders. And I'm going to literally force this ball through in a tight angle. And you're just going to watch it sail by and you're gonna have the best seat in the house to me, continue the lead the league for goal scored. It was a man goal. It was, it, it was a man goal. I think that's why Conte got the, got the hug on. Like yeah, you're worth. He's like you're worth you know two hundred million in Chinese money. That's what he's saying. Uh, it was, um, yeah, it was fantastic to see. Talk about a tight angle as well. I mean, he absolutely just put it past the goalie. Wasn't able to react. You know, early in the game, kind of like you said, Dan. I was like, here we go again. Another subpar goalkeeper playing out of their mind against Chelsea. This is going to be. Uh, just an annoyance, but thankfully uh, we were able to absolutely put it out of reach in the 85th minute. But guys, as I mentioned before, our clean sheet streak is over. Um, are we going to be able to start a new one, Dan? How worried are you with Chelsea's defense? And do you think Conte is looking to buy a defender in January? And I will go ahead and say wing back or center back for a defender. Wing back or center back. He expanded it. I thought we were just going to get a center back, and then you throw the curveball. We'll stick to that. Uh, Are we going to get a center back? I put I put all the players here so you can see all of our defenders. No excuses. Yeah, I, I think if John Terry continues to be a injury prone situation, or what is labeled as an injury prone situation, I think that it would probably be worth bringing a defender in now. That also could be a youth team player as backing. Um, but I, I do think that if David Louise were to be gone, uh, there's not really a, a, a straight up replacement for him. I mean, you can kind of mess around with Zuma, Cahill, uh, Aspilicueta, Ivanovic if you have to. But I, I think that that's going to be where that central center back is, is kind of the, the, the key cog in the moment, this moment. And it's either do we roll the dice and wait until we can bring Christensen back next season or do we buy one in January? And I, I just, 
I don't know of the name of anyone who, you know, obviously there's Van Dyke out there, but I, I don't think we're going to spend a rumored 60 million pounds on acquiring him in the January window, especially with Southampton needing like, like that defense without him was not, was not a good thing to watch the other day. Well, so the other thing is um, I, Nick, I was watching Nisar Kinsella's uh, post-match YouTube or Facebook live talk. And he actually said that Ivanovic is the backup for those players. Everyone's like, Oh, is Ivanovic living in the winter? Uh, and he said he doesn't think so because Ivanovic is essentially the first one to come in right now over Zuma. Um, so I guess, what do you think about that? The other thing we do have Baba Rahman, Michael Hector, Matt Miazga, and Andreas Christensen out on loan. I don't think we have any option to pull Christensen back though. Yeah. I, I honestly, right now, I mean, if you're looking at specifically replacing David Luiz in the middle and I, you know, I think Dan's analysis of that situation is pretty spot on. Zuma is not a ball playing center back um, in the way that Luiz is. And I, 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 I'm crazy for saying this maybe, but I think Ivanovic might be the first replacement for Luiz in that position, just from his ball playing ability. Um, we're not going to be able to replace the range of passing. If you saw the ball that David Luiz played to Diego Costa, uh, 50 yards in the air, right on his foot. I mean, that is, you know, you can't go out and buy that, um, from very many players. So I, you know, it depends if, if Ivanovic leaves, then we have to, we absolutely have to go buy somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you would hope that it would be. Uh, you know, kind of a, a lesser amount than the rumored 60 million pounds for Van Dyke. But I'll tell you what, I'm in love with that dude. He is amazing. Um, and, you know, kind of everything that you'd ever want in a center back. So, I mean, it really depends on who who goes, who stays. But you really I kind of want to hold out for Christensen in the summer. I, I just he he has the the potential to just be incredible. No doubt. No doubt about that. Also, I think it's more valuable for him to stay out on loan playing rather than coming mm-hmm. back to be a backup. Uh, here's a long shot for you. If David Luiz goes down, Nemanja Matic. Interesting. Big. Has the range of passing. I don't know if he'd do it, but just just a thought. Um, okay. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this in the press conference, but Conte – uh, blamed the assistant referee, the linesman, uh, for the missing the call, rightfully so, as we saw on replay. Uh, but then took responsibility for it. And I think not only that, he backed those defenders 100%. He said, don't jump on them for this. I have trained them. This is what I told them I want. Uh, they did exactly what was expected of them. And I just thought that was cool. You know, another like notch on the belt of Antonio Conte's ability to uh, back his players in public and, and you know, keep that unity, that family strength. Well, uh, if next, you, If you've given yeah. up really quick, I mean, if you've given up only four goals in 13 games, like how hard can you really be on that group? You know, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I agree with him. I think he's a tremendous player manager and he gets it. Like he, he truly gets it in a way that a lot of other managers don't. Mm-hmm. But I mean, overall performance wise, like I think we can all see some areas for improvement, but like how mad can you be? Uh, I think that's a that's a good point for sure. Uh, question number two. On the other end of the pitch, we don't seem to be having too many issues as Chelsea are averaging 2.21 goals per game. You statos, I know you love it. We were all in love with Diego Costa shrugging off Martin's Indy today. But which did you like better, Nick? His first touch slash his hold-up play or his passing? I thought it was uh, his best passing game ever, Um, ever. Uh, He was tremendous. Back heel flicking, confident, you know, ready to go at players, take them on, run past them, interchange with Hazard, uh, interchange with Williams, specifically in the second half. Uh, He was on fire and, and, Dan, what I'll tell you is for a guy who did not see a a whole lot of success from a scoring standpoint until very late in the game, he was engaged and in it, and it was tremendous to watch. Yeah, I think it's going to be disappointing if he were not the person to get the golden boot at the end of the season. Uh, Mainly if, if, you know, some penalty poachers make their way up that chart. Um, 
<laughs> but I, I just, it's just impressive. Like it, it's, I, I think it's, there, there are moments where you get to watch a player who is evolving his game and is progressing in the way that he plays and the way that he approaches his game. The finesse is improved. The first touch is improved. The passing is improved. Like watching Diego Casa in that first season, it, you know, when he came in and was scoring mad goals and I, I this version of Diego Casa is, is probably one of the most enjoyable footballers to watch in the world right now. Without a doubt. I would say that wholeheartedly um, part of it because it's new. Like, again, he went from such a low last season to such a high this season, mm-hmm. and he's doing it in a way that people can actually like him and not be called like a criminal. Like if you like Diego Costa, that means you steal candy from children. You know, like that's what it was last <laughs> year, the Costa crimes. Um, I also think it's pretty cool. He has completed the eighth most passes on the team. Obviously there's only 10, starters not including Courtois because he doesn't pass us much but I think that just shows that he's much more involved in the attack he's not just a target man you know sometimes with Drogba we'd be able to just dump it and let him handle it right like no he's very much get it to his feet he's gonna find people he's turning and running he's getting assists um again they talk about how he's I believe the stat was from on Twitter that he's been involved in more goals than any other player in like the top five leagues so in 2016 yeah he was involved in 31 goals you know teamwork is dream work or with the actual goal yeah and that just kind of goes to show uh how solid he's been Uh, again i thought his first touch though was fantastic so i just want to throw that out there see what you guys thought as well uh and we talked about this you know stoke they're not a small back line you know those some big ugly guys back there Um, shaw cross Specifically ugly. Yeah, he's actually pretty tame today, I thought, for the most part. Just a little side note. There was no like real incident between Diego and Shawcross, and there were a couple opportunities for it, but I think everyone was pretty well behaved for the most part. Little handbags on a corner kick, but that's normal. Nothing crazy. Uh, All right, question number three. Uh, Chelsea have now tied the record for consecutive wins in a single season and are top of the table, something none of us could have predicted in August. Real quick clarification, Arsenal's 14 is 13 in one season plus one in the following season. So as it stands, we have tied the record for consecutive wins in a single season. I know you're going to jump on me on Twitter. So with Chelsea being in such a strong position to win the league, Dan, do you think Conte will be very active in this transfer window uh, in January? Uh, I don't need specific player names, but just in general, do you think we will sign anyone for short-term success in the league or maybe think a little more long-term as we hopefully are going to be back in Champions League next season. Yeah, I, I think it is dependent upon player availability. And I think what we have seen, you know, sometimes we, we go after a first tier uh, like Koulibaly in the summer and he was not available. So then it was like, okay, well, you know, let's figure out then what our next option is. Our next option turned out to be David Luiz, which worked out pretty well, uh, all things considered. Now, it's not going to happen every time where we're going to luck into our maybe our second or third choice actually being the best thing that could have happened for us. I think if the right player is available with the Oscar fund, uh, Oscar fund to feed the children of Stanford Bridge, <laughs> that we will acquire a player probably within our midfield, I think would be the area where I would want to address first. But again, just for depth, depth and rotation. Okay. But yeah. And I just want to say, so again, is that a short-term success player just to wrap up the league or are they going to look to someone that's going to fit the system and is going to be there and like making an impact in 12 months? No, I, I think it's it's all long term right now. Like I, okay. I have okay. to think that the success that we've achieved in such a short window with Conte has everyone firing, like figuring like how do we lay a great foundation for this man to be successful for two, three, four years at this point. All right, yeah. Nick. Same thing to you. Uh, short term buys or long term buys if we are able to. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's really a difference. I think the, Oh, I can know, tell you, uh, Demba Ba short term yeah. buy, you know, <laughs> yeah. same thing, Quadrado, 
yeah. uh, you know, Salah. That's what I'm thinking. Guys that were like, hey, yeah. we're going to take a gamble, give us some depth. Maybe they give us a spark in the second half of the season, but they never made it. Yeah, I don't think they're. I don't think the club's thinking that way. I'm, uh, if I'm if I'm Chelsea, though, I'm doing everything I can to win the league, and I think the, you know, because this only happens so often. You know, to to win the league is such a great accomplishment, and you're you're six points up right now, and I think you have to do everything you can to close it out. Um, if that means buying a player in January that's slightly overpriced, you know, do it. I mean, it's going to reap rewards in the end, and uh, I think the thing that we can start to look at now is let's assume really quickly. And I know it's dangerous to do this. So I'm going to knock on wood, but let's assume we win the league in Conte's first year. I mean, that sets the framework for everything else he wants to go and do. There's not a player in the world that wouldn't want to come play for this guy, especially after having won the league and, and done so well with Italy in the, in the summer. So, um, I, you know, I think they're going to probably have to buy someone. Uh, I think the other title contenders will certainly go out and spend some cash as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just for depth purposes and, you know, assuming we avoid some injuries, that would be preferable. All right. I mean, that that's interesting. Uh, let us know what you guys think on Twitter, especially on this one at London Blue Pod. Email us London is Blue Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Chelsea are in a much better position than they ever could have thought. We know how much Roman loves that silverware. Are we going to pay a little more extra than what we normally would? We obviously have the extra money from Oscar, but we don't have Champions League. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, Really interesting kind of question, I think, there for you guys to have a discussion on. Um, Next on the script, this is new. I didn't add this. N'Golo Kante was a beast, period. Um, I'm going to go with a Nick statement mm. and would you yep. like to follow this up <laughs> i would uh if you watched him it, as i do every match because he's my favorite player to watch on the pitch uh he was absolutely fucking tremendous and i cannot put it any other way uh it, his anticipation for passes is among the best i've ever seen um in, in a territory that's becoming his own uh dan i i really don't know any other superlatives to to heap on him but uh after watching the previous match i think it's pretty clear the difference that he makes yeah it would have been great too if that little like toe poke ended up going into which right. <laughs> it's a slow roll that you're just like watching it and you're like maybe maybe yeah. oh it's wide uh but he he is just everywhere like, you know I, I think the Thing that Le- you know, Leicester City is missing this season, it starts with with a K and ends with a all over the effing field Ante um, mm-hmm. because he just covers it and it's it's amazing, it's fantastic to watch. I'm glad he's on my team and not on another team because he he's a joy and I, I think you're absolutely right. He's one of the most engaging players to watch. I mean, there's there's so much right now. Like I, I don't know, 2016 ended on such a high note. You know, 2017 starting off so well. Like. <sighs> Just joyous. We're going to bask in the glory that it is. Um, any other thoughts? Did Nick, man of the match poll, how'd you mess it up this week? I messed it up by <laughs> not adding Dave. Um, let's see Let's it, see these comments. Um, uh, at Loby Dosser 1, Dave. <laughs> at Josh Etter UTC, Aspie. At Luconde underscore junior, Dave. I mean, it, it continues to go on. I, you just can't win it. Uh, yeah, it's so funny. I, I really thought people would appreciate the N'Golo Conte sniff. I mean, he hasn't really been a part of this for a minute, but apparently not. Um, so next week I'll put Dave in and people will want David Louise. That's just the way my luck is going. Uh, but our man of the match was William, 67% of the vote. Sesk with 22% of the vote. Diego with 8% of the vote. And then N'Golo Conte with 3%. But really, I guess that would be... 89% for Dave <laughs> by all the comments and, and the rest. But uh, yeah, thank you to all who voted uh, 288 total votes. We're, we're creeping towards 300 on a weekly basis, which is great. You guys love to share your opinion. Uh, Twitter polls are a great way to do it. Uh, Dan, what are the league standings at the conclusion conclusion of match week 19? If you uh, look in sixth place after five wins in a row, uh, Manchester United have moved from 6th place to 6th place, uh, currently <laughs> sitting at 36 points. You have Manchester City on a little bit of a downturn after losing to Liverpool in a, a 1-0 thriller 
at 39 <laughs> points. Tottenham Hotspur decided they were going to beat up on Harry the Hornet, get revenge for uh, Zaha, <laughs> <laughs> just destroyed him, kicked him in the face, 39 points. So they are tied, um, but they have the uh, the goal difference right now after deciding just to slot every single goal they could past Watford. Arsenal did not not going to live in fourth right now, going into third at 40 points. Liverpool kind of nipping on the heels, kind of wondering, like, why could you win, you know, 13, 14 games in a row and still only have a six-point gap, even though there was actually a, you know, a 10-point difference back in September. Um, where We were behind, but now we're ahead, so that math is really interesting. Going to talk to Klopp about that at one point. But Chelsea at the top, 49 points. Yes, there it is. Uh, another tweet that has been out. Uh, Chelsea's win percentage was, what, 100% in every single month but September so far this season. So um, minus one little bogey month, which I don't even like September anymore. So we'll just kind of forget it happened. That's my birthday, man. Come on, dude. Uh, I just did. <laughs> take it back immediately. Take it back. Um, now, we're, Nick, just for the good of the pod and good of all Chelsea – Chelsea Twitter, the fans, the supporters, Harry the Hornet. Uh, we're going to forget some <laughs> Harry the Hornet. <laughs> Yo, he had a bad December. R.I.P. Harry the Hornet. Uh, all right. Well, um, Chelsea fans, that's a wrap for our match preview. Uh, go ahead. Let us know what we missed, what you guys thought about that. And uh, we're going to go ahead and just keep this rolling. But we're actually going to do a quick talk about, well, what do we have, Nick? Well, uh, you know, Dan, I know that we've kind of gone back and forth on some of these things, but if you were looking, you know, possibly to, to purchase yourself some Chelsea memorabilia, where, where would you go? And, and, and is there a way to save some, some sweet cash? Uh, I, I would not go to like, you know, Nick's closet because I don't know what the prices are going to be there. Mm, you know, I feel right. like it's going to be uh, exorbitant. Kind of like buying from Roman directly, like oil. Like I, I still want to do that. Uh, I, I would want to go to worldsoccershop.com where the end of the year, up to 60% off on some merchandise, which sounds like a fantastic way to spend that Christmas cash, that Hanukkah cash, that my family believes in Santa and they gave me some cash money. That is just burning that hole in that pocket or that wallet or whatever it happens to be right now. Yeah, underrated though, Dan, would be the tooth fairy. If you're still losing teeth, I, you know, I feel for you. That's kind of awful. But hey, there's some extra cash there. Uh, go to worldsoccershop.com. Use a referral link. It's the best way to support us. And uh, great. Well, just like that, Chelsea fans, we're hooking you guys up, making sure you know the best way to get Chelsea gear. Uh, obviously, this has been a great time with all the sales over at World Soccer Shop, but it's time for part two. Social media questions. You guys just lighten up our Twitter and Facebook again. So getting right into it at Barnabas TGS, one of our featured writers on the website, go check it out. How do you feel about Virgil van Dyke rumors, an outstanding defender, but wouldn't that hurt Zuma's chances? Nick, you kind of touched on it already. Hefty price tag, obviously a super solid proven Premier League defender though. Yeah. I mean, this is the type of player that Chelsea should be targeting and a guy that, you know, kind of has world-class future written all over him. Um, I don't really know what Zuma's chances are because we haven't seen him play this year yet. So I think there's, you know, a lot of question marks up in the air there. Cahill's not going to be around forever. So, you know, potentially there's a couple slots open there. Um, we'll see. There, there's some interesting stuff at play, Dan, but he's he's a real solid prospect. Yeah, you know, I think you, you see him linked with City. You see him linked with United. Any club that is in the top four or five vying for Champions League or playing in Champions League within their respective country, they're 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 sniffing. They're sniffing around, you know, Van Dyke to kind of understand like would he be available for our club and what that cost would be. I just don't foresee Southampton wanting to sell him when when they can still they can still qualify for Europa League. Within where they're at in the table, they can push, you know, to have, have a really great end of their season. They are a selling club. They, they have a history of selling. They like to sell players. But I, I think this is one where I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see Van Dyke coming to Chelsea. Yeah, they do like to sell players to Liverpool specifically. Um, 
Liverpool Again, use a defender every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, rumors are United's already got a defender wrapped up from Benfica. But, you know, going back to your question about is this going to hurt Zuma's chances? Yes, anyone coming in will. So hopefully, um, you know, kind of uh, Jason Cundy was saying on the Chelsea Re-Scene on the YouTube video channel, saying um, Zuma's almost like a new signing. So hopefully we can get him, like, all the way back up and ready to go. Uh, next yeah, one. I think that's I think the only thing I would add on Zuma is if you didn't watch any of the uh, developmental matches this season – where he did get some time to play, he he is still rehabbing off an injury. Like he he is there in name on that team sheet, but he is not like he was never the best tact- tactfully aware individual on the pitch. You know, he is all yeah. about power, finesse, physicality. The physicality issue is what he's building back up from, and because he, he he had rust, he's knocking off the rust, and he has to also spend the time that he didn't get with Conte, like Louise did, like Aspilicueta did, like Gary Cahill did to learn the philosophy. Cause I think before you're going to see him out there, Conte has to feel like the philosophy is stamped on, you know, or, you know, it be tattooed into Zuma's brain, just like it has been to Cahill, Aspoqueta and Dave. Like, this is how you play defense for me. Yeah. I, I would just add on Zuma. Zuma can and should still be a world-class prospect. I mean, the guy has physical gifts that John Terry, uh, wished he would have had at his age. Uh, and I think maturity wise, he's still so young and so aware of his surroundings that, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's a guy that we all wish the best for and We all hope that he comes back stronger than ever. Um, I think he will. I'm not worried about Zuma. Uh, you know, I, I believe Conte sees a tremendous amount of potential in there and uh, is just kind of waiting for the right moment. All right. Uh, next one up from at smooth underscore one. Get it? Smooth one. I like it. Uh, concerned about Louise fitness in the future. Who would take his place? If not fit, should true backup be bought during the January window? Uh, we kind of talked about this, but I just want to you know give you credit where it's due. Uh, obviously we talked about Ivanovich kind of stepping in probably no true, um, backup that we have. Uh, and then I threw the wild card of Matic out there. Anything else, uh, Dan, you want to add on that? You know, as you're, as you're mentioning it and like, I'm thinking about it, I'm just playing in my head. You know, as Kulakwaita put us in a lot of work, and he, he's been delivering some really quality passes forward. I, I almost wonder if there's the option, and maybe we'll see it at some point, depending upon rotation or fitness, as Kulakwaita centering in the center. I I think that's a tremendous idea. I'm probably flying Zuma on the opposite side just for, for strength and cover. Um, mm-hmm. I also, and I'm, I can't say this enough, I think Azpilicueta is our next captain, and right now I don't think it's even close. Um, the work that he's doing, and you saw kind of after the second goal, him and Louise were kind of having a, a chat with each other, I'll put that politely, about <laughs> whose fault that was because they were both in a terrible position. But I think you're starting to see, you know, Louise have a lot of that leadership ability. Dave is is tremendous, though, and I think he would be – uh, you know, we kind of go back and forth on who's the next captain, who's the next captain. But Dave right now for me is kind of the next iteration. Uh, all right. Uh, another one from at the Rudy V says, question, how similar do you think the team will be in the Champions League next season compared to the current one we have? Uh, Nick, I'm going to go ahead and tee you up and say it's going to be probably 40 to 50 percent different. Yeah, 100 percent. This will um this squad is going to change a lot in the in the next two transfer windows because it will have to. Right now, we're playing one match a week, um, and they're doing really well with it. But we need to be able to rotate and be really confident in those rotations, unlike the last couple of years, Dan, where you know we were subbing in kind of a lesser talent just to save legs for the next match. Mm-hmm. We need to buy quality, and we need those players to fight like dogs to, to want to start and, and earn Conte's respect there because – uh, you know, we can't go into, you know, a Champions League semifinal um, with some of the lineups that we had in, in previous years. It just doesn't work. I think even if you, you take our current lineup today and put it up against the lineup you think Real might have, Barca might have, Byron might have, you know, there there is a talent disparity right there. And even with Hazard playing like he is, Courtois playing like he is, Luis Esquilcleta, um, Costa and Golo, like there, there are pieces around them that are going to, you know, I think you look at the wingback situation. I think that's where you're looking at that is probably going to see some rotation. 
uh, right forward, um, a right wing, potentially another area, and, and then midfield. Like I, I think you, again, I'll go back to preaching it because people are so happy when I talk about it every time, but it's you have to have two starting 11s. If you're going to compete for Champions League and you're going to compete for Premier League, you need two starting 11s because you look at what's happening to City, you look at what happens to Arsenal, they, they get further in it and they collapse on both fronts and they can't compete because they don't have the same level or the right pieces to field two starting 11s in multiple competitions. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think, especially uh, on Twitter on this one. It's uh, it's sure to be a little divisive, but it's these are good problems to have. Antonio Conte has welcomed them. Uh, another question from at MHMartin2 says, what are some realistic moves we can make this January to strengthen the squad? Same with at the Conte role one. Um, I don't think that any of us feel real confident that we've done our homework to kind of assess this. What I would actually encourage you guys to do is head to our website, londonisbluepodcast.com. Uh, Zach, one of our contributing writers, wrote a very in-depth and uh, well-researched um, article about some different possible um, defenders and offensive players we can, and then even kind of some, hey, we've got this Oscar fun. What should we look at doing with it kind of a thing? So I would encourage you guys to go there check it out uh and as always just tweet at joe tweets just blow him up he's got ideas <laughs> for days on uh, on that note really quickly yeah. we are we are trying to organize a a uh an all-time boxing showdown i'm kidding uh a podcast between uh joe and and jake cohen to, to talk through the transfer window stuff when we get that set you guys will obviously know about it it'll be kind of a, a special a pod special so uh when we when we get a set we will announce it and then yeah, we'll have all the knowledge, Brandon, that we could ever want right there. It's going to be too much knowledge. It's going to be great. Um, at Waju underscore says, thoughts on David Luiz. His form has dropped massively since the City game, and this is coming from someone who sees him live at the matches. Uh, Dan, I think we talked about some fitness issues uh, recently for him, maybe just you know logging a lot of minutes, taking a couple knocks. Is that what you're thinking, or is it something different? I mean, you still you still see the bandage from where you know this one crazy character you know made a horrible tackle uh, on him, and uh, you know it's back playing games already, which is just crazy to think that they've injured a player you know, all the way through the end of December into January. And, and now they're allowed back on the pitch. Just really, you know, it's terrible. David Luiz is a special kind of tough. And I, I give him all the credit in the world for battling. It seems, Dan, that the bandage keeps getting bigger and bigger too. And like more noticeable, it's like almost his entire leg now. Um, but uh, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be concerned about it. Um, Waju, I, I, I don't think, there's a more important piece of the defense right now than than what he's uh, he's offering. So I would en- enjoy uh, and, and expect to see him play against Tottenham and play well. All right. So as we continue on, uh, a little bit from Facebook, Luconde Jr. Davies, another contributor for us, says, is Chelsea's failure to deal with the long balls a loophole teams will try to explore? Uh, Jim responded and said, I think Stoke is an unusually tall and long team. Nick, obviously he's talking about Peter Crouch, but – before you jump in, I want to say I do think Aspilicueta, that's the biggest downfall of having him at a back three is his lack of size. So far, we've dealt with it, uh, only been burned maybe a couple times on it. Um, but what do you think? Uh, I, I think this this is actually a very valid question. So, um, you know, when you look at it tactically and the way that Stoke tried to set up, it was a lot of long balls forward and then a lot of crosses from outside. Uh, I think our um, our wingbacks have to do a good job of closing down that space going forward. But uh, you're right that uh, Dave is not the tallest guy in the world, although his physicality and, and kind of battling mentality make up for that. Um, but I think it's something that, you know, Cahill and Louise and, and Dave have to all be on the same page with. Uh, you saw him get mixed up sixes and sixes and sevens uh, a couple of different times against Stoke. Dave actually made the one of the plays of the game to uh, deflect that ball behind for almost a sure goal. Uh, you know, if he didn't. So uh, thoughts, Dan, on that? Yeah, you know, I, I think that 
you look at the the fact that we all they also tried to counter with the back three, kind of a middle five almost, and they had the the striker and then the the one drop behind. This was, you know, the, I think what's going to continue to happen is is managers are going to try to play with their formations to figure out how to counter what our three four three or three five two format is that's been so successful. And I think it's going to be a lot of wing play which is going to turn invite crosses in because if the wing play is there, it means it's cutting out channels on the side. You've got to get the ball forward somehow, which is going to mean uh, some aerial assault. All right. Well, um, last one. Nope. You know, I think we're going to be good. Uh, I copied it and put it in part three guys. Don't worry. We're not going to lose it. Um, but with that being said, those are your questions. Thank you guys, as always, for submitting such awesome questions. Uh, we obviously have the smartest listeners out there obviously because we're Chelsea fans. So with that being said, guys, let's go ahead and um, have a little chat about an area of improvement, shall we say. Dan? Yeah, you know, I I tend to associate the number four with with a lot of things. (laughs) I associate four with Arsenal. I Mm. I associate uh, the number four in uh, the right number of scoops of ice cream in a sundae. What I don't tend to associate it with is where we would rank as a club on, on World Soccer Shop's best-selling club kits uh, of 2016. And uh, Chelsea, we're, we're fourth, which is uh, not the uh, – I, I get it, right? Start 2016 sucked. It was bad. You know, you, you, might, you might have burned one. You know what? If that's okay, you, you did that. You need a new one, though. And uh, I think heading into 2017 – in alignment with where our club is, uh, we should be first. And I, I think Nick, they should just head to worldsoccershop.com, hook up on that new kid, and, and get ready to go. Look, guys, we're we're giving you all the tools that you need. I mean, I think we really need to just make a really concerted effort here and uh, and get this thing to the top of the table. Um, you know, there's no reason that stupid Barcelona should be up there. And that makes no sense. They're not even good at football. So let's let's take this one home, okay? You guys heard him. I mean, there's there's no other way. Get jerseys. We got tools to help you. Tune at us. Let's make it happen. Show us you bought one. We'll give you a shout out. All right. Next match. Spurs. Premier League match. It's going to be a quick turnaround, gentlemen. We're heading to White Hart Lane. Thankfully, it's a short match. It'll be this coming Wednesday, January 4th. And yes, we will be potting after the match. Normally, we can't swing midweek matches. But for Spurs, you better believe we can. All right, guys. I think one of the biggest factors going into this match is that Chelsea played a few days ago. Maybe not a few, unless you're watching the day of. Uh, On Saturday, and Spurs don't play or didn't play until Monday. Um, Wait, just kidding. Sunday. My apologies. I'm on vacation. Can't read a calendar. Uh, So the amount of extra rest days we're going to get, you know, that extra 24 hours, I think that's going to be big. Uh, unfortunately, Watford did roll over uh, and let Spurs take the piss out of them. Um, Kyle, with, and so Spurs got to rest some players via substitution, suspensions, and even just by playing a weakened team. Uh, Kyle Walker was suspended. Jan Vertonghen was suspended. Dembele was on the bench. Sissoko was on the bench. And then Deli Alley came off with a half hour left. Danny Rose with 25 minutes left. And Harry Kane with 15 minutes left. Nick. I'm talking myself into a hole. Is this, are we good? Does this matter? Like, where am I, where am I thinking? I'm, I'm thinking bad thoughts here. Uh, I mean, you're looking just like everybody else's. You're looking for where Chelsea will eventually falter um, in this crazy winning streak. Um, what I'll, what I'll tell you though, and, and this is just a competitive thing uh, in rivalry derby day matches. Um, this rest thing doesn't matter as much as as we're trying to make it out to be uh it is all uh gamesmanship from the coaches and all effort on the field and i would anticipate this be to be a a very hotly contested match dan uh, maybe a couple of physical challenges thrown in and uh you know i think they uh, the the spurs team wants to kind of end this bad run of form against chelsea and and uh you know i think chelsea wants to uh continue the dominance yeah, you know, I think between minute uh, 38 and minute 40, Angola Conte is going to bury Deli Alley in the ground and they're going to continue playing and they're just going to not understand where he went because he's going to do it so fast. <laughs> you know, Matic is going to come in uh, mostly fre- fresh legs, having had a chance to, to rest the majority of last match. 
you're going to get Pedro on, on full rest. And we know that he, he loves to run too. So yeah, I think we're, we're also the beneficiary of some suspensions or some little rest as well. I think you wish Louise was a full fitness, uh, but Hazard's playing out of his mind. Costa's playing out of his mind. It's really going to be taking out Deli Alley, who's on a fine run of form right now. Erickson, who is building back into that team. And Harry Kane, who is also finding the back of the net now. Well, so you answer one of our questions again from Barnabas um, at Barnabas TGS saying Pedro William against Tottenham. And this is something I actually hadn't thought of, Dan, was Pedro will actually be extra rest uh, for this match. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, do you think that that's something uh, that will maybe give him the edge? I also think that Pedro has been more consistent this season in good form. But again, we know Williams had an absolute roller coaster off the field. It would be kind of harsh to take William out of the starting lineup after scoring two goals like he did. I mean, I, I know why you would, but I, you know, if it's me coaching and obviously we, we don't want that. Um, <laughs> if it's me coaching, I, I keep William in. Um, you know, I think he's just about to heat up. Uh, I love Pedro and what he's done this year, but for this match specifically, I think I think uh, William's probably my pick. All right. I mean, you've got William. It'll be it'll be good to see. Obviously, you know what happens. We know how much he hates Tottenham. Hell, we have a song about it. You know, mm-hmm. he hates Tottenham. Um, something interesting, Dan, I don't know if this matters, but, uh, Spurs have actually played four different formations in the month of December and actually in their last six matches, they played with three in the back, four in the back, uh, played a three, four, three, a four, three, two, one. Yes, that's right. A Christmas tree formation against Burnley, very festive of them. You know, they're a pretty fluid team, but they have been kind of changing some things around. They're not the uh, rock solid know what you're going to get out of Chelsea. Uh, maybe too clever for themselves sometimes. Yeah, you're also thinking that um, Tony Adwerald is not going to be in the match. You know, he's still kind of an injury concern for them. So you're looking at you know some combination. Uh, you know, Danny Rose back there, maybe Ben Davies slots back in. So the, you know they've had. Yeah, they've had a, a rotational issue, uh, you know, that we have not faced. So I think a lot of it is not just Pochettino, you know, goofing around, but I think it's really about playing with what he's had. You know, we've had seen Sun lead the line versus Kane when Kane was injured for that period of time. So I think it's more been situational to what resources were available and not trying to develop a new identity for the team. Well, thankfully, Chelsea have a very good record against Spurs. Um, Ten wins away, actually, as well, out of our 26 total. Nick, you know, last season, we can kind of forget about the 2-2 draw at Stanford. I'm sorry, the 2-1 win in November of last season, actually, because you just think back to the fireworks that were the 2-2 draw at home in May, you know, essentially robbing Tottenham of the title and so much, you know, Dembele, Danny Rose, uh, a lot of the tackles on Hazard is just an ugly game. You know, Spurs are going to get up because they think that they've got a big thing on us with the 14 match, you know, win streak. That's just a nice thing to have. It is nothing like taking away someone's hopes of a title. I'm assuming that that's going to be at play. I mean, what do you think that factors into everything? Uh, yeah, there's just a lot to play for. There's a lot of things happening. Um, and, you know, this is the kind of game you want to play. It's going to be hyper competitive and there's a lot on the line for both teams. I mean, Spurs desperately need this um, to, to kind of mm-hmm. stay within uh, any sort of striking distance. And, you know, Chelsea just want to keep it up. I mean, what's crazy about this league right now, Dan, is that, you know, everybody seems to be winning every week, you know, all the top six, um, you know, United's even gone on a bit of a hot streak. So uh, there, there's just a lot to play for. And, you know, I said this, uh, you know, when we played them the first time and especially after watching us play city and some of these other title contenders, I think they're our toughest matchup. I think tactically they're, they're pretty flexible and they do a pretty good job. And mm-hmm. physically they're, they're probably our best and, and tightest matchup. Yeah. I think you look at the challenges that Pep has had with city. You look at what Mourinho's had to kind of work through or even Klopp with a, you know, Swiss cheese defense, you know, just lease goals. 
uh, you know, Pochettino ha- has drilled to work with this team. Uh, he's had to, do, you know, he's got a chance to do the the pooch pose with people as he's signing them up for their contract extensions. It's clearly that he's building a foundation and a structure. And I mean, that is that is dangerous. Like they, they are a very unconventional team as it kind of stands within the top four, the top five, the top six, because they are willing to go through multiple formations. They're willing to play different players in and out, sub in and out players. Like it, and you, it's hard to expect what you're going to get, which I think is the harder thing to plan and strategize for. Whereas, you know, okay, well, this is how pet my lineup. This is the, these are the players that are performing for Mourinho right now. Pochettino is like a wild card. And I think it's, it's, it's almost a little scary, like how good they're becoming. Because I, I think anyone would say, you know, to, to the Spurs and you know, just f them or screw them. They are a quality team, and they should not be overlooked in any capacity. But uh, you know, they are bottlers too. So uh, you know, I, I've got they an are. empty bottle uh, right here that I could <laughs> donate to them, and uh, they could help uh, maybe bottle that up for me. All right. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead. Um, it's going to be short turnaround. I'm so excited, guys. All these matches around uh, like this awesome time of year, it's 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 great. I love it a lot. Um, it's going to be a good match. I think no matter which way you spin it, uh, this is going to be a good match. I think it, it's super valuable that we do have the edge over them, that we were able to not only win, uh, but come back from a deficit to win. So, let us know what you guys think. You can jump in our Facebook group uh, with your predictions. I bet my boy Jay Neal is going to have those up and running. Otherwise, tweet at us at London Blue Pod. So with that being said, uh, that's a wrap for this episode. You guys have been fantastic as always. Talking about the listeners. Sorry, guys. Um, but we want to give you guys a chance for final thoughts. Uh, Nick, I believe you have a final thought. You, uh, you just can't wait to get off your chest, right? Yep, that's a really good lead in there, Brandon. Um, two words for everyone: uh, English beef. That's that's it. English beef. You don't know? Go to Twitter. Um, just don't do it at work. Search. Yeah. There, there, there yeah. was the uh, the English beef where Conte's face was photoshopped onto it. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one. I didn't get that. I didn't like that. I think the original, like most things, it's the uh, true master. It's so good. <laughs> It's so good. All right, all right. Uh, Dan, what is your final thought for this week? Yeah, I uh, I was looking at a good good Twitter account follow, uh, Goal Impact, which he does some really great work around projections for where teams are going to finish based upon where they're at currently. And, and right now, like it's basically like 98.8% that we finished top four in all of these like multiple variations. He runs it like a hundred times for probability sake uh, on pace, you know, for some 80 plus point scenario. Uh, I don't know. Like it's only January. I don't know. I, I can't get too excited. It's only January. It's beginning of 2017, big match coming up against Spurs, but man, like, I don't know. Beginning of 2016 was not as good for Chelsea fans. So to be here, beginning of 2017, top of the league, like he's got a smile. Like a lot of shit happened last year. It wasn't good. Now we're in a great spot. 2017 is going to be awesome. It is. Um, it's here and we are excited for it. Uh, lastly, I would just like to say um, Antonio Conte was asked about the harmony he has with the players after the match. He replied, quote, it is important to have good relations, not only between me and the players, but also the people who are working in Chelsea and working with us. This is the real secret. This family, we win, we lose together. The players, the staff, all the people who is working for Chelsea, end quote. Uh, Pharaoh's, uh, you guys know him, Pharaoh 17 on YouTube, uh, did put the article in, or uh, like an image of the article by Oliver Holt, who actually said that Conte not only uh, you know, got presents for staff and players, but he got everyone gifts, you know, um, people who served in the canteen, others who cleaned the changing rooms, kitchen workers, administrative staff, all of them. Not only that, guys, he got him a bottle of Barolo or Prosecco, you know, very Italian of him, but it was a handwritten note. Uh, and I can only imagine how many people Chelsea employ 
he probably had not only a calf cramp, but a hand cramp after that dude is top class. The more you hear about him, you just love it more and more. Uh, he is such a, such a good, good guy. So just something really to quick. share with you guys. If you missed it, Nick, really, you're really up. quick. His, uh, his fine, his note in every one of his, or his final kind of sign off in each one of these notes was a quote from Hannibal. Uh, either we will find a way or we will make one. Um, and I think that's basically everything you need to know about the guy and, and where his head lies. Top class. Absolutely love it. I'm in man crush level 10 on that. So as you Chelsea fans know, we will be back right after the Tottenham match recording Wednesday night. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, you know what to do, Chelsea fans. Keep the blue flag flying high. All right, Chelsea fans, that is a wrap for this week. Don't panic, though, as we'll be back after Chelsea's next match. So to be sure you don't miss it, subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at LondonBluePod. Until next time, Chelsea fans, keep the blue flag flying high.